Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I tell you, it's always fun to have a good friend and industry colleague on the show. And I'm so pleased to have Mr. Jake Zarniger, the Chief Growth Officer of HUM, as our in-studio guest. Jake, welcome to the program. And thank you for making time for us to talk about what's going on with HUM and also your views on leadership. Before we jump into HUM, if you could share with our audience a little bit about your background and experience. Sure. Uh, well, Darrell, we've known each other for quite a while, but this might be the first time that I've heard your radio voice and I'm loving it. So uh, let me just get that out of the way uh, first. Um, so uh, I've been in the kind of scholarly uh, publishing technology uh, uh, business for, for quite a while, right after I came out of college. I actually, when I went to college, I thought I was going to be in journalism. I was a journalism major uh, in school. Um, and uh, I came out and just kind of fell into this uh, industry, which I hear a lot of people do. Um, and it was right at the beginning of uh, really the internet and most of the scholarly and research content moving online and not a lot of folks knew how to do it. So I was in just a, a great position. I learned, I taught myself uh, uh, the early web programming, which wasn't too hard because it was way easier back then. Um, and uh, was able to kind of really kind of be hands-on engineer uh, creating uh, content and research uh, sites. Um, but from there, uh, I really kind of quickly, uh, and this was at Silverchair, which had, which was uh, my, uh, one of my current companies, which is uh, a kind of uh, research platform. Uh, and we were just getting started there, uh, which was neat. And I got to grow with the company and I've been with them now for uh, ooh, 20 years, 20-ish years, um, and was able to grow with them, you know, from being employee number four uh, into, we launched uh, another business out of Silverchair that was in a long-term care uh, uh, education. Uh, we grew Silverchair. The platform went way beyond my abilities. Uh, so we hired lots of uh, much more professional engineers uh, to come in and work on that. And I got to do everything at Silverchair from uh, being the, 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 at one point, the chief technology officer to being, to working with the product, uh, to working and then with the marketing and sales teams. Um, I was even the president for a little while. We have, we have a joke at Silverchair that I've been every, every role from intern to president. Um, and luckily in that order, uh, I, although I, uh, you know, I, might, I may make my way back to intern, uh, by the end. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, so just uh, about a year ago, we we uh, decided to launch a new company, and that's Hum. And now I've been working with them uh, as well for about the last year. So I don't know if there's more you want to to hear about me, but that's my kind of. It's really one, it's a one company story, uh, but I've had so many different experiences that I feel like I've worked at five or six different places. Well, I, I tell you, I I got to know Silverchair probably. Uh, in the 2008, 2009, when I first met Thane, I had him on one of my uh, Savannah Technology panels and uh, I had the opportunity of really getting to know uh, Silverchair. And I tell you, you guys know how to put on a user group meeting like no one else can. I mean, really very informative, good food, great wine. location. <laughs> 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 oh, tell us about Hum. You know, you, you just answered one of my questions in regard to Silverchair and HUM. So 
Palm is part of Silvachir or is this a separate wholly owned subsidiary? It is, it is a separate, uh, it is a separate company. Um, we are, we like to say that Hum is a sister company of uh, Silverchair. Um, Silverchair, because we've, we've launched companies out of Silverchair in the past, we are, we actually have a corporate structure, which includes a, a kind of parent holding company, which is basically empty. Uh, and then we can launch companies underneath it that sit side by side. Um, and so Hum is one of the, is our new company that's now kind of sitting side by side with Silverchair. Uh, it is completely new. It is, uh, it's a completely different team with, with probably me being the exception um, of kind of uh, tr standing between both. Uh, it's a new team, it's a new technology uh, stack. So it's completely uh, a separate technology uh, uh, approach and a technology team. Uh, it's fully it's a fully virtual team uh, because it was launched during the pandemic. Uh, so we have folks working in the Ukraine, in uh, in Wisconsin, in New York City, uh, in uh, Washington D.C., and here in Charlottesville, uh, and with a small team. That's a, that's a lot of locations. Uh, oh yeah, Wisconsin. I forgot about Wisconsin. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so uh, we. Um, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about why we launched Hum, which might be be interesting uh, uh, for you to hear. Um, we Silverchair is a is a great business. It is it's a kind of mature software platform with a real uh, real strong value proposition in in somewhat of a mature industry. Um, so, I mean, everyone who's publishing research needs a platform to get that research out. These are specialized platforms. It's it's really kind of a high specialization software. It was very painstaking and expensive to build out all of the features we needed, but that creates barriers to entry. So it's a it's a uh, it's a great business to be in, um, but it, it's also a little hamstrung in growth. Uh, you know, it's it's in an industry that's uh, doesn't grow very fast. Uh, there's not a lot of greenfield. Basically, everyone has a platform uh, at this point, whether it's a competitor of ours, whether it's us or whether it's it's homegrown and uh, really the way to win business at Silverchair is to take it from someone else, um, which which creates a uh, uh, kind of some dampers on on speed to grow. So even though it's a great business uh, and we feel very uh, uh, happy about the position we're in in that business, it wasn't providing us what we thought was enough growth uh, for a business of uh, an enterprise of our size. Uh, and so we, uh, about two years ago, uh, brought in a, uh, a, a new employee who had been working in um, consulting for large kind of Fortune 500 companies. And his specialty is developing new lines of business uh, in large companies. And this is Dustin Smith, who's now the president of HUM. Um, and we gave him a charter. Uh, we gave him a budget, which is important, um, and we gave him a charter and said, "We want here's what we do at Silverchair. Here's the skills we have. Here's the technology we have. The people we have. Find us uh, a completely separate business in a separate marketplace, um, somewhat separate, maybe adjacent. Not something that we have no idea. We didn't want to, you know, uh, build a self-driving car. It needs to be something we have some." you know, uh, ability to, to access and find us. And he walked us through a process that, that in, in hindsight, 
uh, was a great process. While we were doing it, it seemed arduous and long. And why aren't we just skipping to the end? Uh, he took us through multiple stages where we looked at a succession of different opportunities, uh, starting out with nearly 100 uh, that he just quickly you know, uh, did research and cherry picked and, and grabbed things together. And he would spend less than an hour on them. That was his goal. And then we would go and review them and we'd find maybe 30 of them. We'd throw out 70 of them and say, that's crazy. That's never going to work. Uh, and then he would spend more time on the 30 and he started bringing in uh, uh, help as well. He brought in uh, Liz Heinberg, who's now the co-founder of HUM. Uh, and they worked their way through a process that took about a year and a half. Um, of steadily doing more and more research on a smaller number of opportunities, uh, but what was, and then keeping us along the path with them. And what was really great was, and this, I'd never seen this kind of structured, I mean, it was almost like structured innovation, which sounds like a, like a, a contradiction in terms, um, but he had a process that let us kind of systematically examine a lot of different opportunities at the right level. Before that, we had been very ad hoc. We'd hear something and then we'd get an idea and we'd say, ooh, we should do that. And we'd spend three months, you know, intensively looking at something and then it would kind of fall apart at the end. It just wouldn't uh, work. We, he kind of helped us avoid that kind of ad hoc grasping uh, at straws and walked us through more of a funnel uh, approach here. So we got down to just a few, um, just a few uh, business, and we and he went deep into those. So we did much more market research. We brought in uh, uh, experts in each of those spaces. We paid money to to you know bring expert experts in to advise us to do external research for us, um, and we found an opportunity at the at the end of that. And this is was the kind of uh, uh, very early stage of hum, um, and that opportunity was that. Uh, professional associations. So we're we're we. I've been working in kind of one small corner of associations, which are kind of scientific and scholarly publishers. Uh, there's way more professional associations than there are scholarly publishers. Uh, so there's professional associations for nearly every profession and industry uh, imaginable. So you know everyone from the the golf course uh, superintendents, to the Arabian horse breeders, to uh, uh, you know the cleaning industry, uh, who's in a boom right now because of COVID. Um, there's there's an there's about there's about uh, twenty to thirty thousand uh, professional associations uh, and trade associations in the U.S. And it's a very small overlap with Silverchair. But what we found was they are actually, and what the 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 need that that Dustin and his team uncovered is that they're in the middle of a digital transformation of their membership. Most of them are membership organizations. They're conveners. Uh, they convene the industry in events. They provide education and training and certifications, which are really important in a lot of uh, professions, career paths, education, um, networking, uh, so they do a lot of what we see from uh, kind of scholarly societies. They just tended to not have a big uh, uh, research publication at the end of it. Um, but they were really struggling to move to digital, kind of a digital first orientation. Um, they were still running 
uh, marketing and membership campaigns out of you know 20 years ago. Uh, their their marketing strategy was we have an email list of the members. Let's send them the catalog of the products and services we have, um, and we'll just email everyone everything. And uh, you know whoever wants this will 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 see it. And so they were just sending copious amounts of email to folks with no no real feedback loops. Uh, as well as we'll send out a survey once a year to see what people are interested and in, what they want us to do, uh, which is a very long feedback loop. Uh, <laughs> uh, once a year, by the time you got back the survey, their interest had probably changed uh, at that point. So they so they've really been struggling. Uh, professional association as a whole in the research, it's it's actually a somewhat grim picture for professional associations uh, as an industry as an industry they're stagnating or shrinking. Uh, so it's more likely that a professional association today has less members than it did five years ago uh, across the industry. Now, of course, there's exceptions to that. Um, but as a whole, you know, joining a professional association is less of what people do. Um, and the other uh, stat that just boggled my mind uh, when I heard it the first time was that uh, by 2025, about 75% of the workforce will be uh, millennials or younger. Uh, and they currently make up 19% of professional association membership. <laughs> so that is a big generational problem just brewing right now. I mean, it's just, it's like a time bomb that's going to explode on these as uh, associations as their older members retire, leave the associations. They don't have... The, they haven't made a connection with the kind of millennials you think of as more kind of digital first, right. uh, different types of consumers. And the, the attitude that, that the millennials have to the professional associations are these are old, stodgy uh, organizations that are just kind of dinosaurs. And why would I be a member? Um, and that's really the, uh, the genesis of the kind of a larger societal problem or issue that we saw that we could address with Hum. So that, that's a long background there of, of kind of the how we came to see the opportunity for Hum. That, that is an excellent, excellent background. And just want to let my audience know that we are here with Mr. Jake Zarniger, Chief Growth Officer of Hum. And so what does, what problem does Hum solve? What, what does it do for the associations? Sure, sure. So uh, HUM is a, uh, we call it an association intelligence platform. Um, so uh, uh, it's a little bit of a class we made up. Um, uh, the, I can tell you that the, the core of the HUM software uh, offering is a CDP, a customer data platform. So CDPs are platforms that really kind of came out of the e-commerce uh, world uh, about five or six years ago. They're very new. Um, and what they do is they integrate digital uh, interactions uh, that happen with a brand or say an association across the different touch points that uh, the brand or association has with the customer. So when they are interacting with your social media or email, or they're coming to your site, if they're get, if taking an educational course, if they're attending a webinar or a meeting, uh, these are actions that kind of paint a whole picture of that member, 
that member's interests uh, and, and engagement with your organization? What are they interested in? What do they like to do? You know, do they like to read infographics or do they like to read white papers? Like it's actually pretty important uh, to know what uh, people will engage with at an individual level. And uh, these associations had no, even though they were offering a wide variety of digital services, you know, digital certifications and meetings and, uh, and publications and news, uh, they weren't actually tying together this information. And so what HUM allows them to do, the HUM platform, so HUM is a SaaS software platform that an association installs and it integrates and hooks together to all of their digital uh, platforms. So their CMS, their content management system, where they're pushing out their blog and their news content and their advocacy content, their learning management system, where they're doing their training and education, of course, their MarTech. Um, and HUM listens to the events happening on those systems. Um, we like to call it kind of selective listening. So we, we don't wanna know everything that's going on there, but whenever an audience member uh, engages with a piece of content or opens an email and clicks through or watches a video. We want to know that and we want to compile that all in one place. So HUM listens to all these events and brings them in and we're just a heavy processing engine. So it's software that is kind of a high data flow software and we're parsing through just millions of, of events uh, as we call them uh, that we're listening to. And we're creating these unified profiles of an audience of a, uh, of a professional association. Um, and that unified profile is basically uh, member accounts that you can look and see interests and you can start predicting what content will, uh, will entice this person to read, what brings them value. Um, you know, when should you send this person an email uh, I mean, we find out all sorts of crazy stuff like doctors love email that shows up on Sunday morning because apparently that's the time when a lot of physicians catch up on their <laughs> catch up on their reading. Uh, they can't really do it during the work week. Um, so if you send them a new email on Sunday morning, it's way more likely to be read deeply uh, than, say, a Thursday afternoon. Uh, so all of these insights are discoverable once you bring the data together and you start analyzing it. And that's what HUM brings. It's really a kind of unification platform for associations. And we're tr basically trying to help them engage with their audiences, their members and others in a modern digital fashion. We, you know, even though they're not brands, they're not trying to sell people sneakers, uh, but they are trying to sell people something. Uh, they're trying to sell them, uh, want to sell them value. Yeah. <laughs> education, networking, career uh, advice. They're trying to sell, I mean, hopefully they're trying to sell them something that is going to help them uh, with their career, but, but you are selling something uh, when you're at an association and you need to do it well. Uh, and that's what we're trying to kind of help these associations bridge that digital uh, uh, gap that they're, that they've kind of uh, created by. Yeah. So have you um, had any new installs, uh, early adopters who have, who have said, you know what, let's, let's, let's try this out and what has been their experience? Yeah. So uh, this is a very early business, which is a great position to be in because you just get to learn every time, every time you do something. We actually, uh, uh, we decided to, to fund this business in the middle of last year. Uh, and then we really started organizing and building the business around Q3, Q4. 
Uh, and we were very fortunate to have uh, three kind of charter customers uh, that we're working with. Uh, we haven't publicized them yet, so I, I, won't, I can't say their name on the, uh, on the radio at this point. Um, but we do have three charter customers that we're working with uh, right now. And we've done installs for them and we're building their kind of audience profile. Uh, and they're very uh, interested in creating these kind of larger audience uh, views of the, what their association is reaching. Uh, and they have different uh, outcomes that they're looking for. Um, uh, one of them is looking to actually launch new revenue lines uh, by once they understand who their audiences are and, and, and what they're interested in, they, they want to launch new sponsored products, sponsored newsletters on certain topics. So this, this is a uh, healthcare company um, and they want to launch new kind of targeted newsletters and they want to bring their vendor community in uh, who want to reach their members. Uh, uh, but they wanna reach them around certain topics that of course they're interested in. Their, their, their businesses are probably based around those topics. Um, and uh, HUM is actually able to identify the audiences that are very engaged with those topics and want to read more about them and connect them with this content. Um, and then of course the sponsor, um, it doesn't have direct access to these folks, uh, but has indirect access through the association, the trusted association. So. Um, they can say, get their content um, or, or content that they'd like to have, content topics that they'd like to have covered uh, sent to this group. Uh, so it is a, um, uh, that's one of the uses. And others are looking to say, uh, 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 increase attendance at events uh, by highlighting sessions inside of the events uh, to individuals uh, that they know are interested in those topics. Um, so I don't know about you, Darrell, but the uh, agenda of events now means so much more to me than when it's only online because uh, some events I used to go to only to see people. Now I usually go to events, I look at the agenda and say, do I wanna go to these sessions? Uh, <laughs> and so now you have to highlight the sessions that are really relevant to people to say, you know what, I am gonna sign up for that virtual event because there's three or four sessions that are just right down my alley that I wanna hear. You know, SSP just is, is happening this week and SSP traditionally has what, five or six concurrent sessions going on at the same time, and trying to figure out which one am I gonna to go to, which is the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are all, uh, you know, these, I, we will be back to, you know, some aspect of in-person, uh, uh, you know, whether it's hybrid or, or, or fully in-person. Sure. Um, but the, 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 this transition to digital is, is going to be a, a plot, an added uh, piece. It's not gonna go back. Uh, it's only going to be digital plus, you know, in person. Um, so you really have to master this digital engagement. Um, and we think the associations that that don't take this seriously uh, will just continue to um, uh, kind of slowly erode. You know, it's not a it's not an existential crisis for them. I mean, they're probably going to exist ten years from now. If they're the the main association of a let's look of at a, um, yeah let's look at London Online. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think uh, the buying and selling e-content conference that was done by Information Today that that went by the side. Seabold, yeah, from going way back, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they can die. I mean I think uh, if they're uh, so what, what we've seen though is they more slowly kind of bleed. <laughs> uh, and what, what I think is the most 
Um, I don't, I, the, the thing that, that, you know, we really at Silverchair and at HUM, we're, we're really, because we're focused on mission-based organizations, we need to think about mission. Exactly. And if you lose your audience and you lose, your members don't come to you, you're not fulfilling the mission of that organization. You know, you're, you're kind of, the mission is being unfulfilled because you're reaching less people. You're, you know, when you have less dollars coming into the organization, there's less you can do. Uh, if you've been funding advocacy and fellowships and lobbying on behalf of your member, you can do less and less of that as your membership dwindles. So we really see this as mem as mission impact here. This is this is this is really awesome. Recently, well, a few years ago uh, at STM at the STM Annual U.S. Conference, they had a keynote speaker. I'm gonna, I'm going to put you in touch with her, um, and she does some type of service for associations. But you know, she talked about what associations need to do for their members. But what you guys are doing is very digitally cutting edge, which is which is extremely cool. And so, how can someone find you? And, and the website, I believe it's is it blog.hum.works. What is what is the? Yeah, yeah, we're just hum.works. Uh, we we had a lot of fun naming the company, by the way. Um, and it was just a slightly unfortunate that the, the, the week that we came out with our name, uh, Colgate launched a toothbrush uh, named Hum, uh, an electric toothbrush. Luckily, we don't get confused with the electric toothbrush. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, we, so we're not hum.com, we're hum.works. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the people who would really benefit from us are the professional associations who have lots of digital interactions, but they're very disconnected and they're missing that unified picture of their audience, of their membership. And they want to have that kind of intelligence to then make you know, data-driven decisions moving forward. And really kind of, I, I hate to say it, but more operate like a, like a modern business, a modern you know, web-enabled business where this type of activity has been, uh, has been the, the, the standard uh, for many years and associations are playing a little bit of catch up here. That's right. You're being very kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, when we were in long-term care training, uh, <laughs> we, we, the, the long-term care industry, nursing homes, assisted living, uh, when it came to technology, they were referred to as the caboose of the caboose of healthcare IT. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they, are just, they were just way behind. Uh, and professional associations aren't that behind, but they are, they're still operating marketing playbooks that you know, sophisticated uh, uh, commercial uh, uh, customers stopped doing about 10, 15 years ago and have moved to this real personalized kind of one-to-one -one digital marketing approach. The beautiful thing that uh, HUM is doing is that not only are you helping out the, the general um, associations, but really the scholarly associations, they, they've been struggling for years and trying to pull in those, those young members. So this is very, very good for them. Yeah, one of the, one of the big things that we discovered was that um, the, when people think of membership, membership is a very, very high bar to have for someone to cross. Uh, a lot of times it's, it's hundreds of dollars uh, a year. It's a big kind of commitment of someone. Uh, but there are lots of folks who are engaged in a community, uh, but may not be able to cross that membership tier, but they will uh, you know, take 
courses from you, maybe a certification, attend one of your events, read your content or your advocacy. They are part of your audience and, and, they, and they should not be considered, you know, uh, a lesser, a lesser uh, audience member than a member. I mean, yes, the members are at the core of what you do, but these audiences uh, should be uh, catered to as well. You should understand what your broader audience wants. Um, and what HUM does is it allows you to bring together your broad audience. What we see is that people find it's about 10x the amount of people they're interacting with from their membership core. So if you have 20,000 members, if you're a, an association with 20,000 members, when you start assembling your total audience across all your digital properties, a lot of times it's around 200,000 or more uh, individual profiles. Um, these, are, these are vendors. These are... Uh, people who come to your events, people who come to your website and read content, uh, you know, they're not, uh, they, they have different levels of engagement with you, uh, but 200,000 people are interacting with your association's content and uh, right. rather than just 20,000. So, so Jake, uh, yeah. or not, we are out of time. Oh, <laughs> we got to have you come back in, you know, six months from now when, when hum is humming. Um, uh, how can people get in touch with you, Jake? Sure. Uh, well, you can find me at jake at hum.works uh, or visit our website at hum.works uh, to, to check us out. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're so pleased to have Mr. Jake Zarniger, Chief Growth Officer of HUM, as our in-studio guest. Jake, thank you for coming on the program. Thanks, Darrell. It's always good to see you. Always, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM. Stream it on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.